the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. and Set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10, 5, doubles in the end zone, touchdown. Colts coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. The horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Hello, fans. Welcome back to the Cody Felger podcast. And on this segment, I'm joined by a very special guest, my friend Zach Hicks over at Stampy Blue. Zach, how are you doing, man? Pretty good, uh, all things considered. I mean, I know it's been a tough week for a lot of Colts people, but, um, you know, doing pretty good today. A lot of content to get out regarding uh, the recent news with the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. And with this recent news, Zach, of obviously – if you haven't been living under a rock, uh, Andrew Luck retiring, um, and that's just been a huge, huge news in the NFL and in Colts Nation, honestly. It's been absolutely wild. Um, but I thought that the purpose of this podcast was, Zach, I know that you do a lot of film watching, um, and I know you're not particularly a huge fan of watching quarterback film, um, but I thought we could start there first because you said some of your colleagues over at Stampede Blue have done um, film studies on Jacoby Brissett. I thought that it could be good to talk about, okay, so we're trying to move past Andrew Luck retiring now and looking ahead to the Colts season. What can Jacoby Brissett offer to this Colts team? And also we can talk about kind of the team that the Colts have built around Jacoby Brissett and how they can help him kind of ease into the starting role. So we'll start there with Jacoby Brissett. What are some strengths that you've noticed of Brissett um, from your 2017, um, from looking at Jacoby Brissett in 2017? And obviously, you know, he's probably a different quarterback from them. But from 2017 strictly, what did you notice from Jacoby Brissett? What are, what are some of his strong points? Yeah, so to, to preface this, like like you kind of said there, it's really hard to look at the 2017 film and really say what you have and, and a guy like Brissett just because that situation was so unique. Uh, you're going from a guy who was two years younger under a different coaching staff, different regime, and also only had like 10 days to learn the entire playbook before he was thrown into action. Uh, so it's really hard to gauge, you know, if that's the kind of guy we're going to see on the field because that's the last time he's taken meaningful snaps. Uh, I, you know, I don't count the preseason. So back then, that was, you know, 2017 was the last time we've actually seen this guy on a real football field. And uh, you, you just don't know if that's who he's going to be. Uh, but looking back at that, it's obviously the number one thing that stands out is just that deep ball, uh, that deep ball accuracy, deep ball arm strength. Uh, he knows how to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, and he has a cannon. I mean, he gets the ball down the field. And that's a big reason why he was drafted in the third round a couple of years ago. Uh, I think that's going to bode really well for a guy like T.Y. Houghton and Paris Campbell. Uh, but yeah, that deep ball is great. And I think he's a really good rhythm passer. You know, he's not the best, uh, like most accurate quarterback in the league. Uh, he's a bit sporadic with his accuracy, but I think when he gets into a rhythm, he can string together some really good passes. So I really like that. And then the third thing, uh, the last thing that I really, really like about him is that he's very strong in the pocket. Uh, you know, he might not have the best pocket presence or the best feel like a guy like Andrew Luck did, but uh, he can fight through contact. He can kind of wiggle out of some, some sacks that a lot of guys wouldn't. So I do really like that about him. Uh, there's obviously some areas where he can improve from 2017, but those are three areas that I, I really liked on film and I think uh, will we'll show up again this year with him. 
Yeah, you mentioned some areas that he could improve on. Obviously, he may have improved on these areas. We don't really know. And watching the preseason, you just you never can really fully tell, especially with the vanilla offense and everything that Frank Reich instilled there. But based off of his 2017 film, what are some things that you look for, Zach, that he can work on to become, you know, maybe a, a starting quarterback in this league and a very good starting quarterback in this league? What are some of his weaknesses from the 2017 film and 2017 season that you noticed? Yeah. So one thing that I really, I mean, I kind of touched on both these here in the first part there, but uh, the one thing that Andrew Luck, like the big drop off from Andrew Luck to any other quarterback is going to be that pocket presence and that feel. Uh, Andrew Luck was just uh, a magician in the pocket, not just from, you know, his escapability, but also how he would move his feet, find throwing lanes and, and give himself a good base to, to really find his targets. And, you know, Brissett just was kind of inconsistent in that area. You know, he would kind of walk into sack sometimes. He would, uh, be really inconsistent with his footwork and stepping up into the pocket. So I really like to see some improvement there. He did look a little bit better in, in that uh, in the second preseason game. But again, it's preseason. It's really hard to really gauge uh, if there's really progression there. Uh, again, the accuracy is kind of an issue. Uh, hopefully he's gotten better over time with that, better with his release and better with his, uh, his eyes there with his accuracy. But those are the two areas I think that, you know, I think I feel like most people would have concern with. Uh, but again, overall, I, I do like what he's going to bring to the team. I just, uh, the accuracy is probably the biggest issue because going from a top five quarterback like Andrew Luck to a player who may not be top 20 even, uh, the accuracy issues are definitely going to be a big concern. Um, so we a knock on Andrew Luck when he was coming into the league and really in his first couple years in the league is that he held the ball too long, right? He tried to make plays stay alive and you know took unnecessary hits and unnecessary sacks. And I know Jacoby Brissett kind of did that. That was kind of a knock on him in 2017, him holding the ball too long and stuff like that. But last season when Andrew Luck was in Frank Reich's system, um, I think we saw a little bit more of him getting rid of the ball a lot more and taking and not taking those unnecessary hits like he had done in the past. Uh, do you think there's some merit there to potentially Jacoby Brissett's game and, and maybe Frank Reich can help remedy that from Brissett's game? Certainly, certainly. And I think that, that that's a great observation because – uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they will quote that the the Colts offensive line last year, they have the least amount of sacks in the league. And although a lot of that does go to the offensive line, uh, you've got to give a big hand to Frank Reich and Andrew Luck with that. Like I already mentioned, Andrew Luck kind of navigates the pocket better than just about anybody in the league. Uh, but Frank Reich's offense was so, you know, it predicated on getting the ball out quick, getting the, just getting the ball to your playmakers. And even though they didn't really have many playmakers last year, outside of, you know, T.Y. Hilton. Um, and, and Naeem Hines kind of on those short routes, they were still able to make some plays. So this year, Jacoby, a uh, player who's not as accurate as Andrew Luck and maybe not as nuanced to kind of find openings downfield, uh, you're really going to have to rely on those short underneath passes and get the ball out quick. And with new playmakers like Devin Funches and Paris Campbell, uh, I really think that that's going to be a, a heavy emphasis early in the year, with especially like in those first couple games with Jacoby, is just getting that ball out quick making him not have to read too much on the field and just giving the ball to your playmaker and let them make some plays. Yeah. Let's talk about those guys for a little bit. Let's talk about those playmakers on the Colts offense. Some of the players that we think will really help Jacoby Brissett. We can start with the running backs here with Marlon Mack, with Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, potentially, and potentially Charkandrick West. I can never say his name, right? Charkandrick West. (laughs) Um, What can those guys bring to, to help, Jacoby Brissett and really just kind of help him adjust to this starting role now with the Colts. Well, starting with those uh, top two, because those are going to be the two guys that 
that really matter. And even personally, I don't think West makes the team uh, right off the get-go. I think Jonathan Williams is going to make the team. Uh, all signs are pointing to him kind of being back by week one. I think West is kind of be the the quote-unquote fifth running back that's kind of on free agency that nobody really picks up. And then if the Colts have an injury, they'll pick him up. Uh, but going back to those top two, uh, it's going to be that one-two punch that we saw a lot last year. And, uh, you know, going into this season, the Colts really wanted to rely on the run game. Uh, they wanted to be a physical team and, and kind of take some of the pressure off Andrew Luck. And now with Luck not being the quarterback, uh, that, that only kind of gets emphasized even more. You know, you're going to need Marlon Mack to kind of step up a little bit in that run game early on, uh, just to kind of take that pressure off a guy like Brissett. So I, I think he can definitely do it. Marlon Mack is a really talented running back. Uh, but we'll just see if he can string together some good games like he did at the end of last season. And then Naeem Hines is going to kind of keep that same role as last year, that slot receiver scat back. Uh, hopefully he can break off a couple more big plays because he, he didn't really hit that home run pass or home run uh, rush at all last season, even though we know he has the capability to do that. But I think both those guys are going to be very important early on for Jacoby, uh, just from Hines being that kind of safety blanket out of the backfield and, and Matt kind of keeping defenses honest with, with his running game. Yeah, and again, a big thing with Mac is going to be health, and that's something that you know we've talked about. You know, I think Marlon Mack played in twelve games last year, and he had over nine hundred yards. But I think a big thing, Zach, is can Marlon Mack stay healthy for sixteen games? And yeah. you know, I mean, he, all signs have pointed to potentially yes. You know, he's had a I think he's been one of like only three or four players who have participated in every single practice this off season. So that's certainly a good sign. Um, but we can head over to now looking at the wide receiver position. Um, obviously, T.Y. Hilton has been a pro bowler, all pro player for his entire career. And he, you know, him and Jacoby Brissett seem to have some chemistry. I know the Colts released um, a video the other day about, you know, Jacoby Brissett going long to T.Y. Hilton. And Jacoby Brissett also, like you mentioned, has that strong arm. And T.Y. Hilton, I think he was asking in interviews what his favorite um, what his favorite route is. And it's just the go route, right? It's just running down the field. And that's, I think, what Jacoby Brissett's specialty is in. Um, so that definitely seems like a match made in heaven there. And then you got guys like Devin Funches, who we've talked about and who you've, you know, done film studies on, um, who, you know, has been questioned about, you know, his drops last year. And I know that was kind of a big issue uh, for a lot of people. And then you throw in a guy like Paris Campbell, who just started, right, who just came back to practice and will probably play in the preseason game on Thursday. Um, and then you got some guys like Chester Rogers and Deion Kane, who Deion Kane's looked fantastic in the preseason. So what do you think these wide receivers can do to help Jacoby Brissett? Well, the biggest thing, you know, even compared to last season is, you know, you're bringing back guys like T.Y. Hilton and Chester Rogers, but the rest of those guys are absolute playmakers. Uh, and last year, the Colts didn't really have playmakers on the outside, outside of Hilton. Uh, you know, Rogers, I thought, had a good season. I thought Inman was a good pick, bring, uh, pickup when they brought him in. But they didn't really have playmakers, guys who can make plays after catch, guys who can bail out your quarterback. And I think that this year you're going to kind of see that. You know, you're going to have Terrence Campbell and Devin Funches, two really talented players. Uh, who are going to be able to just make big plays happen. And you kind of need that when you don't have a star-studded quarterback. When you have a quarterback who may not be the greatest in the world, you, you need kind of other players to, to bring him up to that higher level. And so I think with having explosive players like Paris Campbell and Deion Kane and having a big, reliable player like, like Devin Funches uh, out there, I think that's just going to make the offense a lot better. And, and I think it's going to be a big asset for uh, Jacoby Brissett this year. Staying on that topic – what was the issue last year with Funches and his drops? I know you did a film study on it and you explained it all in that article. If you guys haven't found it, you can find it on stampedeblue.com. But Zach, what were some of your observations to why Funches had such a, a 
difficult 2018 season in all honesty what what were your takeaways from why he did that and what kind of player he can be for the Colts in 2019 yeah I mean first off and this is no slight to Cam Newton Cam Newton is just not a very accurate quarterback Uh, so overall you know Punch is not going to be able to get into that kind of rhythm and kind of get into a groove like a lot of receivers like to get Uh, so I'm not really blaming Newton on that but it is kind of tough as a receiver playing in that offense uh, but the biggest thing was mostly just kind of concentration drops for him. I think that he did a good job extending away from his frame. And, and when he was in traffic, I thought he did a good job catching the ball. A lot of his drops, honestly, just came when he was, you know, on routine passes like slants and stuff like that where he's uncovered, taking his eye off the ball. Or maybe on out routes where, again, he was kind of uncovered and took his eye off the ball. And I think those are kind of all kind of fixable. Um, you know, there, there will still probably be stretches where those will pop up this year. Uh, just because drops are typically not something that just gets fixed over time. But I can definitely live with a player who has strong hands and can make catches in traffic rather than a player who um, – or I can, I can live with that kind of player who, who can, you know, make catches in traffic, have strong hands, but has the concentration drops rather than the other way around, who doesn't have the strong hands where they catch all the easy ones. Uh, so I think he, he has the ability to be a really good, reliable receiver in this offense. And we've seen it in the preseason and practice. He, he's been playing really well. So I'm excited for him this year. Yeah, and staying on the whole topic of drops, um, a guy last year who came in and really, I mean, honestly, just kind of exceeded all expectations, but still start, struggled with drops was Eric Ebron. And now we're going to shift over to the tight end position. We'll start with Ebron. Um, obviously, he had a great season in 2018 for the Colts. I think he had 13 receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown as well around there. Um, but he still struggled with drop Zach. What, what was something you noticed from Ebron and what do you think he can bring to this Colts offense and to Jacoby Brissett? How can he help out his quarterback? Yeah. So again, with his drops is the same as Funches where he, he can make a lot of the difficult catches. I mean, he made like, I, I feel like all of his, you know, 13 receiving touchdowns came in traffic. It felt like, or he was jumping over a defender. Uh, he can make those difficult ones. He just drops a lot of the routine ones, a lot of the easy ones, uh, which you obviously don't want to see, but, you know, for a guy to have nine concentration drops, you know, that are kind of probably like short passes or easy passes, uh, but you're going to give me 13 touchdowns on the other side of it, I can live with it. Uh, you know, I'm not very happy with it, obviously, but but I can live with it. And he, he's just going to be an excellent red zone target like he was last year. Uh, very reliable guy over the middle and, and also a great red zone target. And he was one of their better third down players, too, and and. You know, you just kind of need those kind of guys for the younger quarterbacks. And I know Brissett's 27, but in terms of football playing time, he, he's pretty young and pretty inexperienced. So having that big tight end, having a really talented tight end. I mean, we're talking about a Pro Bowl tight end here, uh, kind of as a safety blanket on third down or in the red zone. I, I, again, that's, that's just so huge for a quarterback like Brissett. And I think, uh, you know, his, Ebron might not be where he was last year with 14 total touchdowns on the year, but. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised he gets up to eight, nine, ten again. I mean, he, he's going to have a good year, I think. Yeah, and speaking of guys who've been to the Pro Bowl, um, another guy who was in the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago, he actually made the Pro Bowl when Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback in 2017, Jack Doyle. And I think Jacoby Brissett and Jack Doyle really have a good connection. And I think Jack Doyle was definitely one of Jacoby Brissett's favorite targets kind of by default because the Colts didn't really have a whole lot of playmakers outside of T.Y. Hilton. Uh, but also I think they have good chemistry. What do you notice from Doyle and what do you think he can help Brissett in um, in 2019 for this offense? Yeah, so Doyle, Doyle is just one of those guys who who's going to be a quarterback's best friend no matter which quarterback it is. It could be Tom Brady. It could be Ryan Tannehill. It could be, you know, David Fales. I don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing guys out there. 
Uh, he's going to be any quarterback's best friend because he's just so reliable, so consistent, finds those those gaps in defenses, and he's just always going to be your check down guy. Like he's going to be the guy you can rely on when everything is falling apart. Uh, again, that's just so huge for a quarterback like Brissett because he, he's going to be facing an onslaught, especially early on when teams are trying to test him. Uh, so being able to find that outlet and find a guy like Doyle who can just get those consistent yards, they'll catch almost everything. Again, it's just going to be big for Brissett. So I, I, you know, he might not have the most outstanding statistical year or make the Pro Bowl or anything again, but you're getting a really good blocker and, and a really reliable catch, pass catcher out of him. So uh, I, I really like that he's come back this year. And again, that's going to really help Brissett early on. Yeah, and another guy that the Colts are really high on in their tight end room is another excellent run blocker, and that's Mo Ali Cox. And the Colts are really high on Cox, obviously, because of his frame. He's a very, very big player, very talented player, and he showed off last year in that Oakland game when he just made that incredible one-handed catch. Um, but the Colts seem really high on Mo Ali Cox, and they think he can be maybe the best run blocking tight end in the league. Um, and that's big for a guy like Cox, who I think when people think of Mo Ali Cox, you kind of think of a guy who – He's a physical freak, so you know you think of a guy who's a big receiving threat, but Zach, he can kind of do it all, can't he? Yeah, he can, and I know the Colts uh, are really high on the run-blocking aspect, but they also like his ability to go up in traffic and get the passes. I mean, he's, you know, we when we talk about tight ends, we always talk about them being, like, unguardable by defensive backs and, and also by linebackers, and he's kind of the example of that. I mean, he's just a huge body. I mean, I saw him when the Browns were in town for training camp, when he was running a one-on-ones, I mean, nobody can get through his frame. Uh, so the potential is sky high with him. You know, he, he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not the quickest guy in the world. Uh, but with his size and his ability, his basketball background, and also his blocking ability, I, I think he's going to serve a valuable role this year. Uh, he might not break out this season or have a superstar season, but, you know, next year with Doyle and Ebron, both as free agents, I think that's going to be his time to shine. But, you know, if one of those guys goes down with an injury, uh, it's nice to have your next man not being a very capable tight end at Moala the Cox. Yeah, and even if the Colts keep four tight ends, I mean, I think they like their situation at tight end, obviously. But if they keep a fourth tight end, uh, you got a couple guys there. you got a couple options in Ross Travis, potentially, or even Hill Hinches, who I think both have had pretty strong uh, offseason, pretty strong camps. And they both played pretty well, considering everything. Um, so who do you think, first off, I guess we'll do kind of a roster prediction here. Uh, who do you think makes this, if the Colts keep four tight ends, say, who do you think makes the fourth tight end roster spot? and why, and what do you think they can bring to the Colts' offense? Yeah, so personally, I would go with Ross Travis, and I, I think he's kind of the guy they're leaning. Uh, he's been with the team a little bit longer, uh, one of those Ballard claims early on, and I, I just really like what he brings in the passing game from his, his athleticism, his quickness, his speed, and like I kind of mentioned earlier in this show, I, I, I really think that when you have a guy like Brissett, you really need guys who can make plays after the catch and, and really beat guys down the field, and I think Ross Travis brings that to the team. I like Hale Hentges. I, I really like a lot what he does, but uh, I, you know, I think he's a guy who can get to the practice squad just because he's not the most athletic. He's not the quickest. Uh, he's very reliable, but but uh, I would I'd rather go with the upside guy in Ross Travis, and and I would uh, I would definitely go with him to round out that tight end group. And then we can't not talk about the offensive line, who was just a revolution last year, especially considering what the offensive line has been in the Andrew Luck era. I mean, this offensive line, um, Zach, was just absolutely incredible last year. Um, in, in terms of the pass blocking, they were absolutely incredible. They definitely could have worked on the run blocking, which I know we've talked about. That's been a big emphasis this season for Frank Reich and this offense. They want to establish a run. I think they said they want to be a top-five rushing unit, if I'm not mistaken. And so what do you think this offensive line can do to help Jacoby Brissett? Because in 2017, 
I think he was the most sacked quarterback in the league. And the Colts had no running game, obviously. I think they were near the bottom of the league. And now that with the emphasis on the run and the improved offensive line, uh, it certainly has to be helped to Jacoby Brissett. But what do you think specifically they can bring to help aid their quarterback? Yeah, I mean, even if they're league average this year, it's a vast improvement from 2017 for Brissett. Uh, so just having a capable offensive line, one with continuity, and, you know, one all-pro guy and then two guys who are also probably Pro Bowl calibers and, and Ryan Kelly and Anthony Costanzo. I think having this really talented offensive line is going to be a big benefit for him. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they uh, work early in the year in Howard Budd's new system. Uh, I've told a lot of people that I'm very excited for this system, but it might be a little bit of a learning curve earlier in the season. Uh, so to kind of be prepared for that. But I think overall, I think this line's going to be really good, especially toward the end of the year. I think we're going to be talking about another uh, top five, top seven year from this offensive line uh, in terms of just pass protection and run blocking. So uh, just having a, such a great offensive line is definitely going to do wonders for Brissett. What's the main difference, in your opinion, from last year, Dave DeGuglielmo's offensive line philosophy and now uh, Chris Strauss's offensive line philosophy? What's the main difference that you've noticed watching in film and just looking at the Colts in the preseason? It's all about aggressiveness and, and how they – set up and pass pro uh coach gooch is a really good coach one of those fired up uh, raw raw coaches uh but he's very traditional and kind of how he teaches just uh you know your passive pass block stances where you get back in your and your kick step and and you kind of let guys come to you where, where howard mudd and chris strauss are a bit different uh where they want their tackles to kind of attack on the outside uh so it's going to be a lot of aggressive pass sets and kind of attacking defensive ends a lot with the guards inside too are attacking defensive tackles and that's, that's just a big culture shock, especially for a guy like Asanzo who's been a tackle for, uh, you know, for his whole career. He's probably never really learned to do something like that. Uh, so it's going to be a little tougher on a guy like him. Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson will probably have uh, an easier time with it just because they're big mauling guys who are, who are also kind of young. Uh, but I think that, uh, again, overall, I think that this scheme is going to be really good for them. And I think later, like towards the end of the year, they're going to be a much better unit than what they even were last year. Zach, what you working on right now for Stampede Blue, and where can we find your work? Yeah, so uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at ZachHicks2. Um, I also have a podcast of my own, a Colt 45 podcast. Uh, you can follow that on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, right now for Stampede Blue, I'm man, I know a lot of people want to put Brissette stuff out there. I'm probably still looking at the defensive line, off of the line stuff, and um, I might have a defensive line article out here in the next few days. Uh, but yeah, you can again follow me on Stampy Blue as well, and then follow on that podcast for all my Colts related info. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Zach. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. We'll have to do that again, and hey, maybe we'll have to do a crossover podcast at some time. So I look forward to it, man. Yeah, certainly, man. I've been meaning to have you guys on. Uh, I'll definitely get back with you guys about having you on the podcast too. All right, take care, man. Appreciate it.